Yo, John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing. I'm back live, back in the studio, sweating my balls off. <laughs> but, you know, I got to be here for you guys. I got to be here. I'm exhausted, by the way. Um, spent a lot of time driving over the last few days. Got to see a lot of this beautiful landscape and this beautiful country we call uh, America. Yeah, my eye. You're right. I uh, I had a I got a poked eye. I poked my eye. I did it myself. Um, and this is this is kind of healed. It was a little bit better, <clears throat> but I woke up one morning and uh, I went to brush my hair back and I went and I stuck my thumb deep in the eye socket. And it got big and red. That's uh, that's fun. And then I went and I taught a small group and it worked out and rolled with some of the guys afterward and took one of the guys' backs and he slapped my hand. I poked my other eye. So I had two red eyes for like three days. It was, it was glorious. It was back. I was like, felt like I was back in my fighting and training days, walking around with grotesque eyeballs. Oh, man. But yeah, no big deal, no big whoops. Uh, it was a great trip. It was a lot of fun. We drove to Indiana. We drove back. We took a minivan this time. Last year, we had like a small SUV. The minivan was nice. It was nice. It handled well, drove well. The Chrysler Pacifica was a beautiful piece of machinery. I put down the very rear seats, so we had plenty of room for luggage and the and the big dog, 125-pound Zuko. And... Uh, yeah, he did good on the trip. He only had one little accident, but that was because we gave him a Kentucky Fried Chicken biscuit the day before, and it didn't sit in his tummy well. <laughs> but, you know, all in all, no big deal. Um, yeah, there were fights. We're going to talk about the fights first. Uh, I didn't <clears throat> have the utmost uh, attention span for all the fights, so the fights probably won't take as as long as normal. We had uh, bare knuckles. I saw, and Bellator. I saw on on Friday. We were driving back and stopped, and I think it was Nevada. We made it to Nevada, and we got a hotel like around two o'clock, three o'clock. Had lunch, late lunch, and just laid around. I needed time to like rest and stretch my legs. Dog needed to stretch his legs, so we watched the fights uh, from the hotel, and then. I passed out like at 9 p.m. and got up at 2 a.m. and we we're back on the road by by 3:30, 3:45, because I had you know walk the dog and uh, get get stuff packed away, whatever. And then uh, drove all the way back, drove all the way back. So it was good, it was good. We got to see the fights, but you know I was I was groggy, I was tired, and um, I might not have been paying his attention to all the fights as well as normal. Okay. So give me a little slack if I make a couple mistakes. <laughs> right. And then we had, we did have the UFC on Saturday also. Um, There's notable fights there. Same thing. I'm still recovering. I got, I'm still, I'm car lagged. You know, people talk about jet lag. You don't know nothing, man. Car lagged. I, my, my body feels like it was in a fight. Like it's starting to feel better uh, tonight, but it was, man, it was, Sore. My legs were sore. Back was sore. Neck was stiff. Everything was just not great. And I think a big part of it is you don't hydrate as much when you're driving because, you know, you're drinking coffee and energy drinks. Stay awake because you got a massive drive. You must be, be alert while you're driving. 
and then uh, so that kind of dehydrates you, and then you're not drinking the water because you don't want to like drink too much water and have to go pee and stop all the time. That's not good either. You know, you got you got a destination to get to. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's see. What should we start with? Oh yeah, and then and then the big news. The big news we're going to talk about is the class certification. We're going to get into the class certification. What 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 that is? What that means? What's going on with that? Give you a little bit of insider info that what we're expecting. So um, we'll get to that after. All right. Let's go. First thing was the um, the bare knuckles. Right. We had the bare knuckles. I'm going to get this up for you guys so you can see the peoples i don't know why they, i i do appreciate bare knuckles website the stuff they're doing is pretty good um but at the same time i don't know why they do this they uh they have one thing with the with the pictures which i like i can share this with you guys so you guys can see exactly who i'm talking about what i'm talking about and then they have another one that has the results and the written results and you can read kind of kind of the outcomes i need to combine them guys come on make the two pages like one somehow but anyways um i did not see the majority of the fights maybe i did actually i might have just been out of it <laughs> if i go back and look um here Martinez Lewis, I do vaguely remember all these fights, to be quite honest. Martinez, yeah, I do, yeah, I, I do remember. Martinez was hot and uh, furious. Did he win that fight? Was he the guy who won that fight? I, why am I drawing a blank on this? Oh, it was a no contest. That's right. It was, uh, I punched him after the bell. Was that, was that not it? Was that the fight the guy got punched after the bell? Or was it a DQ? I'm mixing them up. Maybe mixing them up. <clears throat> oh, that's good news. James Amir saying Platinum Perry extended his BKFC contracts to eight fights, which I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like eight, nine fight deals like that, you know, because we're still, man, that's part of the, we'll talk about it later. It's part of the class action lawsuit. These guys, pay attention, bare knuckles. Guys, I like, I love what you're doing. But pay attention to what's happening here. Because if you follow the UFC's business model, you're subject to the exact same thing that's happening. Okay? Take precaution. You need an independent title. Okay? Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of this stuff coming back to you, too. You can't follow their business model and not expect the same results. Damn. But, yeah. Um who else? Perez Sanchez. Sanchez with the win. Um, Montano had uh, a pretty epic farmer's tan with the wife beater. I think that was pretty classy. <laughs> but he lost to uh, McElroy. McElroy? All right, McElroy. The real big fights to pay attention to i guess here were were um well dodson lost a fight dodson's brother the main event dodson lost his brother lost 
um, his his fight earlier in the night. The Sanchez uh, Lacazzi. This was a good fight. I think it's always interesting to see like weird matchups with body size and stuff. Um, Lacazzi is like what six eleven or something crazy. He's supposed to be super tall, right? And he's fighting it at 170 something pounds, 175 pounds. And uh, it's always interesting to see that matchup when you get a big tall guy. But he, he was unable to establish his jab and get things done on Sanchez. Sanchez gets the win. What were the other ones that were interesting in here? Holloway, Santiago, that was a draw, which... I don't know. Did the doctor say that they couldn't fight? I'm wondering if that was it. If the doctor saw too much damage because usually they don't have draws in bare knuckles. But I was informed by Chris Lytle once it happened before there was a draw and there wasn't a, 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 a sixth round. And he informed me that sometimes the doctors will step in and, and deem that the, the participants aren't medically capable of doing another round. Maybe that's what it is. As Hamzamir chiming in saying one is changing its rules in regards to contracts. They are giving four or five fight type deals anymore. They aren't doing that. Yeah, they aren't doing four or five deals. Yeah, so like smaller, smaller contracts can help a little bit um, because, you know, you could fight three fights in a year. So, I, I, you know, there's more leeway to get out and compete. We'll get into a lot of that stuff later, though. Let's, maybe I should just pick up the pace on some of this. Um, so the big fights, the biggest fight maybe uh, popularity-wise was the Hall Perez fight. So this Hall kid is a YouTuber. Um, I didn't see the fight, man. I fell asleep, to be honest. I don't remember this fight at all. I don't remember this fight. And I think I woke up at the end of the Dodson fight. So like three main fights I needed to watch, I couldn't hold it together for. I saw a lot of the fights leading up to it. Um, but yeah, I, I totally missed that Bryce Hall fight. I'm kind of mad. I thought he was going to get smashed. I wasn't that interested in watching him get smashed. So I think <clears throat> I wasn't as diligent as like making myself stay up, but he won the fight. Perez is, is, you know, three, what, three and one now, or is, was he three and one before? But he's fought a number of times. He's been around fighting a number of times. So I don't know. What do we say about this Hall kid? What, did you guys see him fight? What do you think about him fighting? What do you think about his performance? He had one previous like YouTube exhibition boxing match from what I, I think, what I've heard. And then he got himself into bare knuckles. He wanted to test himself in bare knuckles. I have no problem with somebody wanting to test themselves. Who, who's anybody to say you can't try? You know, um, under a lot of circumstances, it may be harder for him to – no, I, I take that back. Under a more sports-like situation, you can still have a fight like this. Like in boxing, you still have a fight like this. If you have enough notoriety, they'll be able to put comparable things together. Technically, in the boxing realm of uh, bare knuckles, you know, Prez only had four fights or three fights. I'm not too worried about that, you know. If a guy's got if a guy's like five and zero oh or five and one, he's fighting a guy in the first time. I'm a little sketchy on that. If the guy's got ten or fifteen wins, he's fighting a guy who hasn't fought before. I'm sketchy on that, but I don't. Uh, I don't know. 
All right, we got some input. All pro Lamont Z says he did good. He dropped him and let his hands fly. Not much defense. And sometimes that's what it takes, you know, and bare knuckles. It's just being first. Be first, be fast. Be first, be fast. You know, you got a two-minute round, five two-minute rounds. Chances are you're getting hit, and it's going to hurt. So you might as well be fast, be first, <laughs> you know. Be fast, be first, be furious. Just get after it, go after it. That is cool. We'll have to check that out. Full Fight is on the BKFC YouTube channel. Thank you very much. I'll have to give it a gander. I wonder what they're, if they would zap me if we just watched it. How, 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 uh, long was that fight you know i don't know oh baby you know what oh pro lamazi you should uh that's what i do i just uh Just gave you a wrench, all pro. Why don't you find that link and just post it in the chat? All right, I gave you a link. I gave you a wrench, so you should be able to do that. All right, if, that, if that's suitable, if you can find that link. Let me know if that wrench worked too. But yeah, uh, so yeah, I guess I'm interested in, in uh, I'm interested now in seeing Hall fight again. So let's see, because I've seen Perez fight; he's performed pretty good. So I'm interested. He's got my attention. You know, that's part of the fight game as notoriety. Maybe he's actually got some skill. We'll see. Richardson Perez. I uh, did not see any of this fight, but Richardson with the win, and then Dodson. Ridge Dodson is a monster. Uh, I just caught the bare end of this fight in the highlight stuff. So, you know, first round knockout, 149. So I was barely lucid. <laughs> Maybe that last 15 seconds, I caught part of that. And then the replays. Dodson's a menace. He's a menace. He's absolutely a menace and bare knuckles at his weight class. It just is. So that was another successful and fun bare knuckle event. I'm a big fan. I would like them to be careful, though. It's a slippery slope into monopolization. Very slippery slope. <clears throat> I'll pro, uh, put this link in the chat, guys, if you want to watch the Bryce Hall fight. Go, go do that. Um, check it out. Uh then we get into Bellator. Uh, Bellator, so there are some notable fights in here I think we should talk about. Uh, first fight on the card is a featherweight fight. Jordan Oliver defeated Andrew Trillo. Um, there's a submission, arm triangle, first, uh, first round. Got him in a minute five. We've had Jordan Oliver on the show. We've had Jordan Oliver on the show. Very talented wrestler, very smart guy. Uh, it was great having him on. I like what they're doing here. Okay, I approve. 
usually these promotions they don't build guys they don't give them an opportunity to spread their wings right they gotta they gotta build yourself up uh jordan oliver already has a reputation he's already got a rep he's already known okay he's very easily marketable because of his his background his wrestling background you know he's very successful collegiate wrestler uh successful wrestler on the national stage and olympic stage so easy sell in my opinion easy sell they could push him out there this guy's rock'em sock'em he's the greatest ever uh, and he may be and he may be right now we don't know but you need experience you really do all kinds of crazy stuff happens in a fight and all kinds of crazy stuff happens in a fight camp and fight week and you gotta you gotta get used to some stuff you know and his international competitions his college college um um uh experience and traveling and doing that stuff cutting weight and all that is a huge benefit to him but there's still just a little element of you know uh experience that you have to get in fighting and i like what they're doing here right first fight out on the card no problem uh he's not in the main main event he's not fighting the top 10 guy he's not in the main thing whatever he's in a uh undercard starting it off kicking it off handles his business good beats the guy in a minute that's exactly what needs to be happening get him four more fights like that right maybe five six fights like that and then test him a little bit right medium medium guy a guy that's going to push back a little bit the first ones are guys that you know they're have a little bit of experience but he should beat and he does beat and he beats in the first round maybe second round right after he's got that you know six to eight fights like that then challenge him a little bit challenge him a little bit with somebody a little bit tougher get him up to you know 10 12 15 wins with some with some tough fights in there and then get him into that top 10 contention category when you start fighting big guys and 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 uh tougher people who've, who've been around and and fought for belts and stuff like that you know guys with big rankings so i mean he's a little older though so how slow can you go i think this is a good start though i think it's a good start maybe maybe four more fights like that and then bump him up a little bit tougher because it is a little bit shorter time frame with his age but uh very skilled very skilled guy got into um got inside took him down pass guard moved to the triangle excellent uh what else did we have in here um big fights big fights enrique barzola uh beating jaylon bates bates is one of the uh, um um trained by what the, oh i just drew a blank the brother the father and son guys train him um aj mckee and anthony antonio mckee train him uh athletic kid explosive good but enrique was just too much enrique got punched in the eye it wasn't a poke it was a punch but it did hit the eye uh enrique was staying with me uh for that fight camp so i got to talk to him on saturday we got back and he got back and he was had a blurry eye from that punch in the eye and he was fighting the rest of that fight seeing three people he could see three guys 
in front of the rest of that fight. So he had a little bit of um, adversity to deal with for that fight. But he got in close. He got to the takedowns. Barzola started doing Luta Libre uh, down in Peru in like 12 years old. So he's got a little bit of grappling experience as ultimate fighter guy. He's tough, man. He's a no-nonsense dude. I tell you, he really is. Uh, staying with him and, and seeing how he worked and his work ethic, he doesn't goof around. Um, and he is an unbelievable cook. <laughs> like, he cooks, like, restaurant-grade, like, meals for himself every every after every workout. It's nuts. So that's very common in Peru. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, he went back today so he'll probably be back maybe in a month or so hopefully he comes back and stays it was nice having a roommate uh but yeah has the uh barzola fight keep your eyes on barzola man he's tough you had uh this is a little bit um different right sydney outlaw sydney outlaw and islam mamadov islam mamadov one of the dagestani guys Super tough. Those guys know how to wrestle. They know how to fight. But this is one of those situations. Sydney Outlaw just took it to him. He took it to him, out-grappled him, out-wrestled him. It was very surprising to see, you know. But uh, Sydney Outlaw did absolutely amazing. He did a great, great job. What else was there uh, that we saw? The Logan story and uh, Brennan Ward fight. Let's talk about this. Because I've never heard of Brennan Ward. I'm sorry. I've never heard of him. And they were the hype train on it was just immense. And, yeah, he's got an interesting story. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, they don't have any guys. That, they don't have anybody left. There's nobody else. Seriously? Logan story is, like, one of the top guys. You know, number one title contending type fighter. And you're telling me that the Storley guy who can't wrestle at all, has no grappling at all, is like number seven? What are you talking about? I mean, it was a it was a cool story, but like is that what MMA is all about nowadays? I mean I know the answer to that, but like it's just the story. It's not about if the guy's actually a good fighter. Well he's got knockout power. Well and like there's bums on the street with knockout power. Doesn't mean you're a top ten fighter and should be gassed up that way. I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't mean any offense to anybody, but that just watching the watching the hype up for a fight like that and then seeing that type of performance, I'm just like a bunch of liars. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of liars. Like, yeah, maybe he's going to be something good because he has that power, but he needs he needs a lot of training. He needs a few years. He needs a few years of dialed-in training to, to really be a contender. But you guys just keep pushing him like he's a contender just because he's got a good story. can't stand that stuff, man. Yep, that wasn't the last one. All right, Hamzamir uh, says they hype in Brendan Ward too much. Oh, Tyler Durden 
makes a good point here. He's saying uh, Bates had like five pro fights compared to like over 20 for his opponent. Yeah. Enrique's got a lot of experience, but he's only 25. So he's, he's fought a lot in a, a short period of time. It's not like he's an old guy. He's a young. He's still a kid, honestly. But yeah, that's, but that's a, again, it's another, it's a, it's an athletic commission issue, right? Because athletic commissions are useless. They're supposed to protect fighters, but they don't. They work for the promoters. That's part of the, uh, uh, the symptom. It's one of the symptoms of the UFC monopoly. It's one of the symptoms. Right? Athletic commissions can't operate the way they need to. So they don't keep guys fight. You know, keep guys safe. They're supposed to regulate how many fights somebody's had. And if somebody's had 20 fights, they shouldn't fight somebody who's had five fights. I don't care what your argument is for how much experience he is or whatever, whatever. I don't care. Like, there needs to be some kind of threshold, some kind of way to regulate so you don't have a guy with, with you know, zero fights fighting a guy with 50 fights. Now, there can be certain type of exceptions, I think, if it's a non-competitive exhibition. I think that's that's okay. Like if... Uh, Mayweather, you know, wants to fight somebody with no boxing experience for a big payday for an exhibition. I don't care. But yeah. And I guess there could be said a little bit of, uh, you know, if they had a lot of combat experience in another field, maybe you could argue. I don't know. I just think you need to... <laughs> Do a better job. Keep people safe. Uh, and let's go last event, and then we can get into the the stuff, the good stuff. What do we have? Um, I watched most of the fights, I think. I don't know if it was that great of a card. Oh, that's why I forgot to mention uh, um, Lucas Brennan. Is that right? Skywalker Brennan. His father, Chris Brennan, the fighter, he had an excellent performance also. He uh, was kind of getting a little outstruck. The guy was pretty good on his feet. Uh, Brennan's more of a, a get-inside-grapple-make-you-work type of guy. And he's, he's very smart. He's got some very good um, fight IQ. He fought his way into clinches a few times, and he noticed, you know, if he grabbed the guy by the head, the guy ducked his head down. So he gets in that position again. Guy ducks his head down. Times the knee. Right on a button. Pow. Right in the kisser. So he did a he did an excellent, excellent, uh, excellent job in that fight. You're late, Danny. You gotta go back. You go back and listen. What happened to my eyeball? <laughs> All right. UFC. Um let's just cover the big Big ones that I saw. Terrence McKinney back in the ring with a, a knockout win at 25. Man, either finishes a guy in the first minute and a half or he loses. Marcus McGee uh, wins by a knockout. I saw that's kind of when I kind of started tuning in, I think. It was for that fight. Um, friend, friend, and picket. This 
this was an annoying fight to me, Fremd and Pickett, because Fremd was performing fine, but, uh, you know, he's punching the clinch and putting the guy into the fence. He puts the guy into the fence, and he's able to throw knees. He's able to throw knees and do a little bit of damage, and it's not, you know, um, he's not, like, freaking out, but he, he's doing damage. He's kneeing the, kneeing the legs. He's holding the positions. He's in the superior position. The The commentating was all just shitting on him. Oh, he's stalling now. He's stalling. He's just stalling now. What's the guy on the other side doing? What What is the guy on, on the fence doing? He's the guy stalling. He's the one not doing anything. He's not scoring. He's not in control. He's responsible to force more action. Right? Fremd put the guy in the fence, had him in a control position, and was able to do damage. It's about damage, right? Damage your opponent. It's the other guy's responsibility to get free. I'm so sick. It's so irritating. This guy's performing well, winning the fight. They're like, oh, I don't know how he's going to win this fight. He's controlling and beating him up, not taking any damage while he does damage. How is that not <laughs> winning the fight? Oh, well, it, he, didn't, he didn't do it in the way I like it. Ugh. Whatever. Like the responsibility. If you're in a lesser position, if that person is in a dominant position and he's hitting you, it's your responsibility to do something. It's up to you to get away. Right? He wasn't just locking hands and holding with his eyes closed and not moving. He was kneeing. He was stomping. He was doing some stuff. It might have been as active as they wanted to. But again, my opinion, 100%, is the guy in the lesser position is responsible. He must fight out. You do not penalize somebody for doing something good. It's such a stupid, it's so stupid. It's stupid. You're dumb. You're dumb. I think you're dumb for having that opinion. I think you're dumb. It's just, I don't get it. And then, and then the act surprise. Oh, I can't believe you won. It's dumb. It's really dumb. Stop acting like the guy who's not doing anything is the victim. Well, that guy is just holding him down on the ground. It's totally on top's fault, even though he's punching him and kneeing him. The guy's just hugging. He's just hugging. He's not fighting. It's his fault. <sighs> Tyler is a stupid name. Says John Jones actually poked him in Albuquerque whilst Fitch was on vacation. Apparently, it really is an accident every single time. <laughs> Oh man. Um Yep, yep. So yeah, I if Fremden won the fight, I thought he did fine. I thought he did good. Jamie Pickett was very explosive, but that's it. He didn't put anything else together other than I'm gonna be explosive and hit you. Well, his record's almost five hundred. I think there's a reason that it's almost five hundred. AJ Dobson, uh Nichukwi, Nichuk. Nachukwi, Nachukwi. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, was the decision? It was a pretty good fight back and forth. I think these guys. I don't know. <sighs> too much respect. There's too much. Just too much striking. I don't know if they got into enough mix em ups. Lucindo versus Viana. Or Luciano won. Uh, Roundtree and Chris Dawkins. This was interesting fight. 
Dawkins drops down from two uh, from from heavyweight. Drops down from heavyweight, and he's a he was a pretty decent sized heavyweight. Uh, so it's kind of it's crazy to see that he dropped all that weight down to light that light heavyweight on two hundred five. He still had a little extra skin on him, but he looked pretty big. He looked fast. He looked like he was doing okay, but the same problem that haunted him in the heavyweight division looks like it's going to haunt him here at light heavyweight. He's chinny. If he faces somebody with big power and he gets hit, he's done for. And that's what happened here with uh, Khalil Roundtree. Roundtree's a powerhouse. He's a big puncher, man. And, uh, man, he he throws with intention to harm every time, <laughs> you know. Um, Dukakis was able to, uh, you know, clinch and, and force clinch a little bit. But at the end of the day, he, he, he got popped. He got popped, and that was it, man. Uh, Cub, Swanson, and Duadu. And this is one of those things, too, that I think everybody was, you know, all the commentators were shitting on Swanson, building up Duadu the whole time. I saw the opposite every time. Like, DC and them, they would go crazy about, oh, my God, did you see that inside leg kick? And, I, and to me, I'm thinking, oh, wow, Cub did so great. Because to me, I saw him check the inside leg kick, slip two punches, and then land a left hook. And I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell fight are you guys watching? And they're like blowing up Duadu. Oh, you see that? That was a great inside leg kick by Duadu. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what I saw. I saw a nice check by Swanson, slip, slip, and a counter. I'm like, what, what the hell fight are you guys watching? I really don't get it. I really think sometimes they just see what they want to see. Um... I don't have a problem at all with Swan with the decision. I thought I thought Cub did great. I thought he won that fight. I think a lot of the stuff they were trying to give Duwadu credit for, he missed. I think I think Cub Swanson was just, you know slipping things by millimeters, and they were giving Duwadu credit for landing the punches and kicks and stuff. And I think he missed. I don't think he hit clean. You know when when you roll and and somebody hits your shoulder and you slip and I don't, I don't count that as a strike. I don't count that as like, oh, but these guys apparently do. But I, I have no problem. I didn't have a problem with Cub Swanson's decision getting that win. Good for him. Hamzamir, as always, keeping it up. Yep, Hamzamir again. Roundtree did look really good. Yeah, Cub's one of the coolest guys. He's a really good guy. He's really nice. I met him a long time ago when he first gotten in. It was like the first uh, UFC Fight Expo or something. And um, I talked to him a little bit. He was a cool guy. He's always been cool, level-headed. Yeah, awesome. I don't think he gets enough of a push from them. And then the main event, and then we'll get into the lawsuit stuff, right? Well, we a good chunk there. Uh, Luke Gay and Dos Anjos. This was a great fight. This really was. This is a great fight because it was all levels, all over, stand-up grappling. They had to have a little bit of cardio. I had to dig deep a little bit. I think they both performed really great. Uh, it's awesome to see uh, RDA performing at this level. He's been doing it for a very, very long time. Very long time. Very tough guy, very skilled fighter, and um, I think these guys put on a great fight. Really did, and I like 
I like Luke. I think Luke is a tough guy. You know, I don't think sometimes they push him as much as they could. Um, but yeah, that may all change very, very soon. We may not have to worry about it very, very soon. All right. Oh, Danny with the super chat. Thank you very much. Says, yo, I'm glad I didn't miss the whole broadcast. Here's a little something for the bourbon fun. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke is definitely under underrated. I do like both fighters. Uh, RDA is awesome. Got fighter too. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. It is time. We're gonna talk about class action lawsuit. Right? We're gonna talk about the class action lawsuit. And uh, basically, what's happened is um, we filed the class action lawsuit a while ago, about eight years ago, uh, because the UFC is practicing anti-competitive business practices. Antitrust law is a thing; <laughs> it's a, it's illegal to have a monopoly. Uh, it's illegal to uh, price fix, you know, uh, and a lot of their behavior is monopolistic and they have become monopoly. They bought up all the, the competition. They bought up all the contracts. They control more than 90% of the market. And uh, we sued over that. Now, part of that uh, lawsuit is that we have to establish the fact that we were all, all fighters were damaged in the same way. The UFC was trying to say we weren't. We have different contracts. Everything's different. They treat everybody different, blah, blah, blah. But no, we said that we are a class. We're being uh, manipulated in this scheme uh, as a class, and we all seek to receive damages from what they've done uh, to us as a whole. There are about 1,215 fighters in the, the class. The class spans from 2010 to 2017. Uh, somewhere in those months, there's, you know, there's not the, the beginning of the month, but beginning of the year, but like somewhere in those uh, frames. There is also a another filed lawsuit with uh, C.B. Dalloway and, and one other guy to represent another set of people. And that's one of the uh, tactics we are using to change the sport and the operation of the sport and how uh, business is done in the sport is that. You know, if they if they don't stop their business practices, their illegal business practices, we keep suing. We get another group of guys to sue again upon the name of the rest of the, the, the people who are damaged. So that is what forces people or uh, that's what will ultimately force the UFC to make changes. They'll be forced to make changes to their business model or they will be forced to continue to get sued. And they'll have, they'll have to either write it into their budget to... <laughs> to have millions allocated to the side to handle lawsuits over uh, antitrust law, or they'll have to change their business model. That's part of the strategy. We get them to um, sit down and change the business model and answer our demands, basically. Um, now that we've gotten class certification, there's a good uh, chance. I think they have 14 days to file a... Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, 
appeal. They about they got about uh, 14 days. I think they got 14 days to file an appeal. That no, we don't agree with the fact that they're a class. Uh, luckily for us, there's only like a 25% success rate in those type of appeals. One of the reasons why the uh, written decision took so long because about almost three years ago, the, the the judge said that he was more than likely going to give us class certification, um, not er, on uh, on the bout bout certification, not the bout class, not the identity class. Which I'll get into that in a second. So the appeal uh, process, they'll have to prove, you know that we're not a class, which is very unlikely. Chances are it's not going to happen. I don't, I don't think so. The reason it took him so long, like I said, was because he wanted to write that decision so well that it wasn't possible to have it overturned in an appeal process. So I think, I think that's going to get thrown out. I think in two weeks we're going to know whether or not the, um, the appeal goes through or not. And then it's next step. And looks like we'll be going to trial. And hopefully we'll get a trial date soon. Right. Part of this is that we filed um, for two class certifications. One was the bout class. <clears throat> the bout class can can consisted of the fighters who uh, signed uh, a, 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 who signed um, promotional agreements. The fighters who signed promotional agreements with the UFC. That's the bout class. The identity class is the um, the fighters who had their identity used in the merchandising schemes of the UFC. Now we had the identity class thrown out. I have a, I have a problem with that. I, I have a problem with that because you, you granted the class bout certification, right? Without the bout agreements, without them signing us to those long-term bout agreements, there's no identity class. There's no identity class. There's no way they can get the, 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 they, there's no way they can get to control of our identities and that stuff without the bout class restrictions. So I, I really don't understand at all how he came to that decision. I'm a little irked about it, but I'll take I'll take the bout class certification because it is it is the larger one of the two, monetarily speaking. But I think it's I think it's BS that we didn't get both. I really do. Yep. Oh, 100%. Caravaggio uh, says, Dana is hamstringing the, the UFC and the sport, in my opinion. How are they going to attract the best athletes paying peanuts? This is the thing, is they own the sport. They said it themselves. They own the sport. They don't have to pay any more than peanuts. They don't have to. There's nobody out there who can, who can pay more than them, so they have to pay the base minimum to keep the top stars. And they've already got them locked up in, 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 in crazy contracts, so they own them for a long time anyways. More importantly is they bought all the titles. They all bought all the top titles. So nobody else is going to be able to compete with the UFC title. That's why we need independent uh, uh, sanctioning bodies who control the titles. Uh, that's not exactly true. Hamzamir is saying uh, Caravaggio Dana doesn't have any say in the UFC. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, he does have a large share portion. He may not get final say, but he does definitely influence a lot of things that are going on. All right. 
Yes, Anderson's everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome to the Fighters Association, right? Uh, MMAFA, everybody is welcome, right? You just have to sign the line. Like, we have a, a steering committee, but we haven't gotten any further than that because we don't have enough people signed up. We need to get a big chunk of guys to sign up so we can start having votes on what to do, right? The problem is a lot of fighters are lazy and they want to step into a finished product. They're like, what do you have to offer? I'm like, we have the opportunity to work together to make something happen. They're like, yeah, sounds hard. I'll wait until you guys have something done. <laughs> That's the attitude of most guys. I'll wait till you guys figure something out, and then I'll decide if I want to help out. Rather than, hey, no, we all got to sign our names on the line, saying we're together, we're going to figure this out, and we'll have votes on the things we want to do. We can vote on leadership. We can vote on people giving us advice, whatever. However you want to do it. You want to focus on healthcare first? Okay, we can do that. You want to focus on pensions first? Well, we'll leave it up to the vote. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What else in this uh, lawsuit stuff? Let me, let me, uh, you guys might, might not understand, right? And I think a lot of fighters may not understand what's going on and why this is such a problem, right? And it's a lot of it's because you just haven't seen anything else. So you don't understand how it could work. And you've been told that boxing's dead and boxing's horrible and boxing's evil. So anything that resembles anything like boxing has got to be bad, right? Well, prize fighting is prize fighting. And there's certain things that just have to take place in order for it to be a free and open market for the fighters to compete. And, 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 if you want the best possible fights and the best possible skilled fighters to watch, they need to have the best possible conditions, which means the most amount of money and the most amount of say in their fight and their careers. They have to be able to own their titles. They have to be able to own their rank. Those things are necessary in order to get the best possible sport for fans to watch. Um, one of the guys who kind of orchestrated this whole thing and put this stuff together is Carlos Newton. He's a formal UFC welterweight champ. He beat Pat Miletich, and he's the guy that uh, um, Matt Hughes ended up beating for the title. And uh, I want to read a little thing that he had, had, had posted to us fighters um, a little bit ago, right, to kind of explain some, some of how things are supposed to work, see if we give you a better understanding, right? So Carlos writes here, if the promoter you hire – once exclusive contracts now again let's stop right and and this is very elegant with how he's using the words right the promoter you hire because that's what you're doing you're an independent contractor the promoter i'm a fighter the promoter is supposed to promote me i'm trying to hire somebody who's going to promote me the best so i can have the best fights make the most money fight for the highest titles right i'm hiring when you sign with a promoter you're hiring them you're not going to work for them you're not their employee if anything, they work for you. They are a service provider to you, all right? So I'll start over. If the promoter you hire wants exclusive contracts, they must use the title of a sanctioning body. That way you can compete for any title at any time and keep it even if your promoter wants to be paid too much and you need to fire them, right? Why shouldn't a fighter have that ability? It happens in boxing. You have that ability. It's prize fighting, and you get to say, yes, the promoter's doing a good job representing me. I'm going to stay with him. This promoter is not doing a good job. He's trying to take too much money from me. He's not promoting me. He's bad-mouthing me. I want to go somewhere else. I'm going to take my title. I'm going to take my rank with me and go. 
That's how it's supposed to work. Carlos goes on. If the promoter you hire wants to use their own title, they must not have exclusive contracts with you. That way you can continue to compete for any title at any time. And if they don't want to pay you enough money to compete for their title, then they will not have you competing for their title. Sounds pretty good. People want to complain that there's too many titles in boxing. There's like four main ones. It's kind of good because if one sanctioning bottle, by uh, one sanctioning, I'm sorry, if one sanctioning bottle, <laughs> bottle, <laughs> I must want a beer. If if the sanctioning body doesn't want to pay you enough to fight for their title, then you can go and fight for another sanctioning body's title. Be like, all right, I don't want your business. Right? You're the fighter. You're the man. You're the show. You're the one people are paying to see. You're the one people are talking about. You're the one that makes things happen. It's you. No one else. Everybody else is a support system to you. Don't ever forget that. Okay? If the support system's trying to make you feel like you owe them something or you got to jump through a hoop for them, hit the brakes. That's not how it works. It is not how it works. Uh, lastly, Carlos writes... Um, under the current structure, giving a promoter the right to exclusive contracts in exchange for you to fight for their title, even for just one day, gives them total control over matchmaking, rankings, and who gets title shots, which in turn gives them total control over your career and the sport. Not a free market. Not a free market at all. Right? You guys... Following along. No, yeah, Amazon, it's, it's open. It's open. Everybody, everybody can join the Fighter Association. Daniel, what's up, man? I'm guessing this is Daniel. I just did a seminar at Mr. Hernandez's gym. It's good to hear from me, Coach. Uh, sudden impact. I'm wearing the I'm wearing the jersey. I'm wearing this because it's hot in the garage right now. <laughs> it's, it's hot. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Hamza Amir, Nate Corey, the only Democrat in the union. Most guys aren't even a part of a political group that's the truth we're not you know i'm not a, i'm not right or left wing i don't i think it's stupid because it's i know exactly what it's the visionary tactic and i see it because i'll try to have a talk with nate right and he keeps turning everything into left versus right or trump's a bad guy or this or whatever and it it's not anything like that it's government versus us i'm trying to convince him and other people like it's not about this side that side it's about them and us man like the government does not care about us. They are not working for us. Just because you say you're on the same side for of them and you're cheering them on, the Democrats do not give a crap about you. The the Democrats and the Republicans both love monopolies. They love them. Absolutely love them. They could have done something about Google. They could have done something about Facebook. They definitely could have done something about them. A hundred percent. There's there's uh, all all kinds of cartels everywhere. And the government loves them because they're crony capitalists with them. They make money with them, on them, from them. 
There are no sides. It's top versus bottom, and we're on the bottom, bro. We're on the bottom. We're on the absolute bottom, brother. We are the useless eaters Charles Schwab writes about. I did not see that, man. What happened? <laughs> you got a link? Marty in sales says, John Fish, did you see the naked man kidnap your robot dog? I did not see that. Oh, man. Be careful. Careful with them robot dogs, man. There you go. Two wings of the same bird. They are not your friend. They're not your friend, man. Stop thinking they are. Like, it makes me so, like, it's one of the most irritating things ever is if you have somebody that you could, you could agree with them on nine out of 10 things, right? But that, that, that 10th thing you disagree. And now, oh, you disagree with me with one point. You must be on the other side. And I, I, and you'll hear that all the time today. I get it from both sides. I'll say something and somebody's like, oh, you sound vaccinated. I'll say something on the other side. It's like, oh, you must be a Trump supporter. It's like you guys, you guys have such small brains. You can't wrap your heads around any type of other like nuance or anything. It's it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's you're not wrong hundred percent. They're they're trying to lure they lure people back onto the plantation. Right, Hamzamir, the not so obvious establishment is more dangerous. People like Trump and RFK are used to lure people back into the establishment. One hundred percent, get back on the plantation, brother. Yep, I, 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 I believe that one hundred percent. There's a reason why the government doesn't rein in control on any of these these tech platforms is because they're, they're, they're government assets. They're government assets. They work for the government, YouTube, Google, Facebook, all these things. They work for the government. Elon Musk. I'm sorry, guys. He works for the government. He gets money for the government. He gives military satellites and stuff. What do you, what do you think is going to happen when, Elon Musk has satellites everywhere in the world. They're going to track your ass everywhere you go. Everywhere. They're going to try to get you to have, hey, we'll get you this brain chip. You'll never forget a name again. Oh, thanks. And now they're tracking you. Everywhere you go. It's happening. They're not your friends, man. Then they try to, they try to that's another thing, man. The, the whole Elon versus Duck, Zuck thing. They're luring, they're luring, luring a bunch of dummies back on the plantation. That's what they're doing. That's. Uh, I'm not gonna argue with you there. Tyler's a stupid name. Be the adult you want to be, but let the kids be. Yep. Indoctrination is evil. There you go. George Carlin said it best. 
It's a big club and you ain't in it. They don't give a crap about you. Did you guys hear the new uh, the new song? Yep. Yeah, you're right there, Marty, too. Yep. Facial recognition, robot dogs. Yes, James, that was amazing. The, flu the Utah Flats I went to, that was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. It's like being on the moon. I, I tried to get the kids there last year, but they, I, I couldn't find the spot. This year I looked, looked it up because um, – Want to make sure I, I stop there on the way back because my first trip driving out to California when I first moved out, um, uh, like I got tired along the drive and I, I needed to stop. It was dark out. I couldn't see anything. I didn't see anything for a long time. And uh, I finally pulled over at this rest stop. There were no real signs, nothing around. I didn't see anybody. There was one little building kind of next to the thing. I just, I parked close to that. There was nothing else around me. I didn't see where I was or anything. It was just dark. So I, I part, pulled over, parked, slept. I woke up uh, and like butt crack of dawn and looked out of the window. I sat up, looked out of the window and I was like, holy crap, did a nuclear bomb just go off because there was nothing. There was nothing. It was just wasteland, just the salt flat until as far as the eye could see until you saw the mountains. And I was just like, what is happening? Where am I? It was amazing. So I found it this time. We timed it in a way. We got there like a 10 a.m. or something. And it was it was glorious. Absolutely glorious. Went out, took a little walk, walk forever on that stuff. It's nuts. But uh, did you guys hear this song yet? I kind of want to play this. I might get zapped. But I kind of want to leave off with this. Because it is so amazing. I'm selling my soul. Working all day. Overtime hours. For bullshit pay So I can sit out here And waste my life away Drag back home And drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is All it is Living in the new world With an home Just miners on an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street Ain't got nothing to eat And the whole beast milk and welfare God, if you're five foot three And you're 300 pounds Taxes ought not to pay For your bags of fudge rounds Young men are putting themselves Six feet in the ground 
Cause all this damn country does Is keep on kicking them down Lord, it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh, it is Living in the new world With an old soul you do and then I don't think you know but I know that you do cause your dollar ain't shit and it's taxed to no end cause the rich men know the rich men Selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. I tell you, folks, that's something else. That's a beautiful song, and I think there's a lot of people who really identify with what he's saying there. We live in a crazy time. We're down is up, left is right, and people trust their government. What's wrong with you? Your government does not like you. <laughs> they steal from you, right? I had so many people, I posted a little clip last week about the ungovernable and what do you do without roads and schools? <clears throat> like. Oh, because you can only have roads and schools with government. Like the government builds the roads? Oh, wait, no, they don't. They pay private companies to build the roads with the money they stole from you. Why, why do we need that middleman, <laughs> right? We, I'm in California. My kids go to private school, so I don't need government schools either. Uh, Indiana, I just got back from Indiana. They have... Uh, like uh, uh what's what's it called uh, uh oh i forgot what it's called but it's like a public choice parental choice whatever school choice school choice i think it's called you want your kid to go to the private school across town the government gives you money to send them there you just have to take care of transportation right like i don't know man it's uh Taxation is theft. It is. There's no no two ways about it. There's no. Dang it. Let's see. He's being dumb. I tried to click on it. Taxation is theft. There we go. <sighs> That's it, Marty. Marty asked. Uh, why are people so easily brainwashed by government? It's not brainwashing. It's indoctrination. If you're raised a certain way and things are just that way and people are always telling you, no, this is the way it is. No, this is the way it is. No, this is the way it is. You start to agree with it. You start to be like, oh, okay, I guess this is how it is. 
just think about the system that we live in today. Everybody thinks you have to you have to go to school, get an education, get a school, get a job, have health insurance, have life insurance, do all these things. No, you no, you don't. <laughs> As a human being, you need food, shelter, and love. Food, shelter, love. That's really it. You know, I would I would add one to that. I would say food, shelter, love, and self-defense. You gotta be packing. You gotta know how to fight. Right? I would say those four things. You need those four things. That's it. Four. Oh, I like to show my wedding ring figure. I need to cut that thing off. Four things. You need four things to live. Food, shelter, and then food, I mean water, right? Food, shelter, love, self-defense. But you're indoctrinated into thinking, oh no, I gotta have, I gotta have a fancy car. I gotta have watches. I've gotten to the point in my life where I think too much wealth is really gay. It's really gross. It's disgusting. It's wasteful. Why why do you I mean fine, have nice things. It's okay to have nice things, but there's a certain point where it's like you go to a gala and you have thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand dollar dress, you're disgusting. I think it's evil. I think it's evil because you're wa to waste. To me, wasting is evil. When you when you have something, you just throw it out just because you can. Oh, just because I'm flexing on how successful I am because I'm I'm better than people. You're you're a loser. You're evil. I don't like it. It's gross. It's really gross. Am, am I wrong? It makes me feel sick in my stomach to see it. I'm not like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And again, I don't, I don't care if you if you have multiple houses and a private jet. Like, I don't care. But there's a certain level where it's like too much, if that makes sense. You know, it's too much. At least you got a private jet. Well, you're avoiding, you know, public transportation. I guess. With with the with the regular flights, okay. You have a really nice car, but like, do you need fifty cars? Do you need how many pairs of shoes do you need? How do you how much money do you need? I mean, I guess it's not even so much like I don't know. What's the use? What's the usefulness of it? Do you go buy something to wear at once? I don't know, man. I just have a real thing with with waste. And don't get me wrong, like I, I, bought, I have a nice watch. I have a really nice watch. I have a, I have a Bulgari. It's a nice watch. I just paid $5,000 for it. Right? But that's like an investment in my, in my, in my mind to me. It's a really nice thing, but it, it's, it, it should hold value or it should increase value over time. And then I can hand it off to my kids in the future sometime as like an heirloom. But. You know, if I had like 50 of them, if I had like 50, 50 watches, it's a little, it's a little much, you know, at what point is it, is it wasteful? I don't know. So the indoctrination, I think is pretty easy. Cause like how much, like how much TV and radio and music influence people, you know? Like, I think there's a reason why there's a lot of a lot of degeneracy today because you see a lot of de degeneracy on TV and movies and and music especially all the top music 
wasn't like WAP like a number one song? Isn't that isn't that like disgusting? Aren't you disgusted to be live in a time period where that's like the the best song and the most award, rewarded awarded whatever? It's gross, man. It's a gross time to be alive. But yeah, it's just an acclamation because everybody's like, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. It's like, I don't... <clears throat> like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm feeling funny about tattoos nowadays, too. I know I have some tattoos, but I'm, like, I'm almost borderline like, why did I do that? Maybe I should get rid of them. It's just... And that's not because I, I don't like them. It's just like everybody has them. And I, I have this, like, I feel weird when everybody starts looking the same and doing the same things. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, well, it's a, it's a gross way to show off because even the people who you're showing off to, like, you have to be impressed by that for him to show it off. You know, like, why don't we live in a time when, like, you do something nice for people? <laughs> you know? Oh, I got some extra money, so uh, I paid this this cleaning company to, to clean up the neighborhood. <laughs> and they hauled off, like, half a ton of garbage and, and litter. That's pretty cool, right? Hey, we got less garbage in our neighborhood. I don't know, man. Maybe build a tent city. Be rich. Build it. Go build a tent city somewhere and send all the homeless people there and teach them how to raise chickens and cook their own meth. <laughs> all right, guys. I think we've been through everything. But, um,. Thanks for watching. It's good to be back. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go to bed. I'll check you all later.